0: Good morning everyone, you doing okay? And um, in uh, preparing for the talk today, when I was praying, a story came to me for you, and uh, you know for all of us as well. But this is one of my favorite stories, and I hope it really speaks to you um, about God working in your life now. And so this story is set at a time when King Saul was really a king of tribes, and these tribes that made up the Israelite nation at this time they were hiding in the hills, and they couldn't go about their normal business because their enemy, the Philistines, kept raiding them all the time. They would take their crops. They would uh, fight them. It was terrible. And their tribes of Israel, they were outnumbered. They had no weapons. They only had farm tools. And so when this story starts, King Saul and his men and his son Jonathan, they're camped at Gibeah. And I can imagine Saul and his band of like 600 men just camped, you know, under the trees and, you know, frying a steak, pouring the wine, deciding what to do next, uh, really at a bit of an impasse that they don't know what to do while the Philistines are camped at Micmash and are actively organizing raiding parties against them. So into this scenario jump two young men who are about to do something very brave. So 1 Samuel 14 says this, one day jonathan who here is played by a young brad pitt who kindly stepped in at the last minute one day jonathan son of king saul said to his young armor bearer come let's go over to the philistine outpost on the other side they're spoiling for a fight now saul was camped near gibeah with about 600 men and no one was aware that jonathan had left on each side of the path pass that Jonathan intended to cross was a cliff to reach the Philistine outpost. And Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, come, let's go over to the outpost of our enemies and perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. So Jonathan has this like amazing confidence that it doesn't matter if it's the whole army or just him and his armor bearer, but it's the strength of God that wins Battles. Now, this is a really dangerous dangerous mission. And this is the role of the armor bearer here to say, well, actually, Jonathan, do you think, you know, you're the heir to the throne? And maybe it's not a wise thing to be out there and just go down the path and climb the cliffs. This is his time. The armor bearer, he could say, "Uh, no, thanks. Another time. He could sit on the fence. He could say it's too dangerous. He could say, I can't really decide right now, Jonathan. But instead, the armor bearer says this amazing thing. He says to Jonathan, do all that you have in mind, go ahead, I'm with you, heart and soul. That's what we want, a friend like that, isn't it? That Jonathan's up for this, and the armor bearer says, come on, I'm with you, I'm with you, heart and soul. So Jonathan says, come on then, this is the plan. We'll cross over towards them and let them see us. Now, this is a crazy plan. If there's just two of you about to defeat the evil Philistines, you probably don't want to be seen in plain sight. But there's a test. This is why Jonathan's doing it, to test if God is with them. And he says this to the armor bearer. If they say, wait there until we come to you, we'll abandon the plan. But if the Philistines say, come to us, we will climb up the cliff because that will be our sign that the Lord has given them into our hands. So both of them showed themselves in the pass between the cliffs to the Philistine outpost. Look, said the Philistines, the Hebrews are crawling out of the holes they were hiding in. And the men of the outpost shouted to Jonathan and his armor bearer, come up to us and we'll teach you a lesson. And I think everything else they said wasn't fit to be recorded. And they taunted them and Jonathan was excited and he said to the armor bearer, this is the sign. So Jonathan said to his armor bearer, climb up after me. The Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. Jonathan climbed up the cliff using his hands and feet, with his armor-bearer right behind him. At the top, the Philistines fell before Jonathan, and his armor-bearer followed quickly and fought behind him, defeating some 20 men. Then panic-struck the whole Philistine army, those in the camp, those in the field, those in the outposts and the raiding parties, and the ground shook. It was a rescue sent by God. Back in Gibeah, King Saul's lookouts saw the Philistine army melting away in all directions. Quick, he said, let's go. And when all the Israelites who were hiding in the hill country heard that the Philistines were on the run, they joined the battle in hot pursuit. And on that day, the Lord saved Israel. Now, I love this story. And what I love about it is you've got these two young adventurers out searching for a fight, searching for an answer. And their actions like strike a match that brings victory for the whole of the tribes. And they're actively engaging in the purposes of God. They're up for it, they're looking for it, they're not waiting. They're, come on, let's do it together. They're strong in their faith. They know that God can do it by many or by few. It's one of those moments where they say, use me, Lord, here I am. If God is in this, and that's the important part, if God is in this, let's do it. And that day, this young pair, and they're probably quite young, and armor bearers were usually young lads in training, and these two young guys, they go out there, and they sparked a great victory. If you notice, they sparked the victory, and it was God that caused the confusion and the ground to shake. And by their courage, their faith, and their action, they had a bold plan, and they were unafraid. And so today, Denise and Lily and Ollie and Tom and Dave, know that God has a destiny for your life, that there are adventures waiting for you to have with God, just like Jonathan and his armor bearer. He has a plan for you. And I want to encourage you to be active and to search it out. They didn't sit there waiting like King Saul and his men, you know, under the palm trees, frying a steak and sitting around thinking, what should we do next? But the young guys, they went out and they sought it and they fought. And these young adventurers were ready for action. And I want to encourage you to ask, Lord, what do you have for me? What is next? They said, what if God can do this? And they went for it. And in the same way, God wants to use you and he has a plan for you. And there will be many opportunities unfolding ahead for you. And as you walk in the plans and purposes of God, you will see these plans begin to unfold. It was important to know that in their heart, Jonathan said, it's by many or by few. And it's important never to feel too small or too insignificant, or too shy for God's purposes, because he would do it within your personality. Now when I was aged about 17, 18, kind of around your age, I was sat on a coach from London, going home to where I lived in Chichester, and I'd just been for an interview in St. Martin's Art College. And this was my ultimate dream. I loved art. I, I did stuff for the theater and the school and the local library. This was in days when people couldn't just print something off a the computer. They relied on artists. And this was my dream to go there. And I went to the interview. I loved it. And I was sitting on the coach going home. And on that coach, I felt God speak to me. I felt a quiet voice challenge me. I was just 17, 18. I felt God saying... Sarah, you've been saying, here's my plan, Lord bless it. You've not asked, what's my plan? And as I went home on that coach, I realized deep down that this wasn't God's plan for me. He didn't want me to go off to art college. And I gave up that dream on that coach. And I went and chatted to my English teacher, and I was like, Well, I've you know, I've missed applying to anywhere now, what do I do? And um, she said, well, you know, you're good at English. You could try that. And I wrote to a few unis, just like personal letter, because it was too late, I'd missed everything. And the only people who wrote back were Cardiff. And so I ended up, had never been to Cardiff. I ended up turning up day one, and I, I made that decision to lay down my plans and to see what God had for me. So I ended up <clears throat> studying English in Cardiff. Now that summer, in my first year, age 19, I ended up going on a mission in Bath with about 40 young people, and I was there on the mission and learning to explain to people about Jesus, and we saw many people come to faith, and one night, we were down in this, like, musty Sunday school room, and there was a guy there sharing from Psalm 16, and in Psalm 16, in the beginning, it says, apart from you, O oh Lord, I have no good thing, and it just hit me, and I realized that I had many good things in my life, but compared to all those good things, God's plan was way up here, and that I'd still, although I'd said, Lord, whatever your plan, that really, this was a moment for total surrender. When everyone had gone to bed, I crept into the church where we were all staying on the mission, and I went up into the balcony, and I was alone in the balcony of this little Baptist church, and I began to pray. And I said, Lord, I just surrender my life to you. Whatever your plan is, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, I just lay it all down. I'm just here for you. That is the purpose of my life. I lay it down. And it was a... Here I am, Lord, send me moments. I just abandoned everything to him. And as I prayed that prayer, I was suddenly aware of the amazing power of God. And it like filled the whole balcony. It filled the whole church. And just this young person, I realized how God was so much bigger than I had thought. And obviously, he was bigger than filling the Baptist church. But, you know, as a young person there, I was just blown away by this power encounter with God. And I gave him my whole life as a, as a commitment, not just that i been born again, but here is everything, Lord. And within a short period of time, I met Julian and he combined our futures together for his purposes. And I ended up after college, I asked, Lord, what do you want next? And he said, teacher training. And I never wanted to be a teacher. And I was like, oh. So I went and did teacher training. And what was amazing is that all that I learned in that year helped us to create the Gap Project, which touched many thousands of lives in our community and helped pave the way through Gwaney and other things for the church to start volunteering and serving across the nation. It became a blueprint for some of the ways to teach young people in that time and many other adventures. But it all started by sitting in a seat in a coach and hearing that still voice and saying, yes, Lord, I realize it's not my plans, bless it, it's what, your, it's what is your plans. And sitting in a cold pew late on an August evening. And you know, in the same way, you guys, there are adventures ahead for you. You will have your own moments sat on a bench sat in a coach seat sat in your bedroom sat in the garden where god is going to speak to you listen out for his voice be ready for adventures because he has plans for you now in the story One of the things I love is that the armor bearer is not named. His job is in there, but we don't even know his name. But he played a most significant role in encouraging Jonathan, go for it, and then supporting him, heart and soul. When Jonathan is climbing up the cliff, hand and foot, the armor bearer doesn't go, well, that looks hard. I think I'll go for a coffee. But he's there right behind him, climbing up the cliff. He fights alongside him. He was faithful, and he followed right through. And we don't need to be named or to be highly visible. God knows his plans for you, and he will use you within your personality. It doesn't have to be on a platform or anything particularly visible, but behind the scenes, every single day, people make their contribution to make this world a better place. And God will use you wherever you are. He wants to use you, take a hold of your life, and you will be the one who begins to start a fire somewhere. It only takes a small match to start a fire. Don't worry that you're not a big flamethrower. It just takes a little match to start a fire. So I want to say to you young people, continue to touch lives just as you are doing now, how you live, how you care, how you love. They all speak volumes. And today as you get baptized, it's like you are saying to Jesus, like the armor bearer, Lord, I am with you, heart and soul, Your decision to follow him and your devotion to him becomes a public statement. In being baptized, you're showing publicly your love and your commitment. And when you come to be baptized, it's not a half-hearted moment. It's not hedging your bets, but it's saying, this is where I stand in life. You've chosen to stand with Jesus, and amazingly, he stands with you. And Jesus says, you're not embarrassed of me, I'm not embarrassed of you. In Luke 12, verse 8, it says this, I tell you, whoever publicly acknowledges me before others, the Son of Man will also acknowledge before the angels of God. And in Matthew 10, 33, Jesus says this, Therefore, everyone who confesses me before men, I will also confess him before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny him before my Father in heaven. And when we love someone, we often do strange things to show it, don't we? That we'll do something that seems a little strange, but it's a public declaration of something in our heart. And, you know, when we love somebody very much, Matthew... We often do strange things, Matthew, don't we? That we might dress up like we don't normally dress up. We might even learn a dance when we don't particularly like dancing. And for those of you who don't know, Matthew's dance at the traditional last weekend has gone viral on TikTok. It has had 194,000 views on Instagram alone, and it's about to have another view now because I'm sure you would love to see it, wouldn't you? So Alex, let's see Matthew's dance. Sound up, please. Oh, let's do it again with some sound this time we got it. Off we go. See your youth leader and small group leader setting the pace there, the great lengths that we go to to publicly show what's in our heart, our love and commitment. And as you get baptized today, you too are showing your love and commitment to Jesus. Well done, Matthew. We were all very proud of you. Good. And we have many more of those videos to keep us going for years to come. So you guys have made a personal choice of your own. If we have the next slide. And that choice is personal. Only you can make it. And even if you've been raised in a Christian family, you have all, I know, come to the point where you've said, yes, I want to follow Jesus. I choose that for myself. And as you made that decision, Jesus powerfully came into your life, and he will continue to work in your life day by day by day for all your future. And he welcomes you into his family, forgives your sins, and secures a place for you in eternity. And in 1 Corinthians 5.17, it says anyone Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. And if you haven't yet started that journey with Jesus, he is waiting for you and calling you and asking you. And say, just come to me because I'm waiting for you. Say, Lord, forgive me for the things I've done wrong. I want to follow you all my life. When we pray a sincere prayer like that, Jesus comes into our life and changes us. A new life begins. And the all-powerful creator, almighty God of heaven and earth, reaches down to us with his great love. It is amazing that he does that, that the all-powerful creator of the whole world reaches down to us. And with deep awe and respect, we respond back. And today, guys, when you say, Jesus, I am here, heart and soul, he says that back to you. Denise, Lily, Dave, Ollie, and Tom... I am with you, heart and soul. He is with you every step. In John 10, Jesus says this, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And no one can snatch them out of my hand. So know today that as you follow him as your good shepherd, that you are secure and safe. So as we close then, I love the heart and soul of this story, and it reminds me of one of my favorite series, The Last Kingdom series. Now this is written by the author Bernard Cornwall, and he takes history, and he takes a great fictional story, and weaves them together about the Danes and Saxons in the years eight to nine hundred across early Britain. And as you'll know, the hero of the story, Uhtred, here he is, now often he and a small band, they win the battles. behind the scenes, or they're the ones who encourage the king not to give up the fight. They're the ones that have the strategy, and they are the match to the fire, this little band of adventurers behind the scenes. And in the story, Uhtred, obviously because he's a fictional character, his name is not recorded in King Alfred's records. And although Uhtred is often responsible for the victory. In the film and in the books, when King Alfred publishes his records of the times, Uhtred's name is never mentioned, but there he is behind the scenes, motivated by a deep purpose. We don't have to be visible, to be significant, to light fires. And his catchphrase that I love is, destiny is all. And as you get baptized today, I really feel the word destiny is over you. And for each one of you, God has a destiny, he has a plan for you, destiny is all. Pursue his way for your life. And for all of us too, that destiny, God has a plan for us and to follow it and to lay everything else aside to follow him. So as you get baptized today, the word destiny is over you, God's destiny. And as young adventurers like Jonathan and his armor bearer, you too will have tales to tell. Battles to win, fires to start, and who knows, kings to influence. And Jesus has called you to follow him and is calling you to action and to fulfill his purposes for your life. So be blessed today as you get baptized. There is a great blessing in obedience as you come to do what Jesus has asked. And as Jesus followers, as you say, I am here, Lord, heart and soul. Know this, he is with you. Let's pray. Lord, we ask today that you will bless Denise, Lily, Ollie, Tom, and Dave as they come to be baptized, as they show publicly what's in their heart, their love and commitment to you. I thank you, Lord, that you have plans for them, that you have a destiny for them, that each one of these are going to be game changers. They are going to be people who light a fire, I pray, Lord, for your blessing upon them now and that by the power of your Spirit, they may walk all the days of their life in your purposes. We ask for your rich blessing, Lord, that as they come to be baptized in the water and leave their old life behind and rise to the new life, they know a powerful blessing of your Holy Spirit upon them. And Lord, we pray for everyone here and online too. Lord, your love for us is so amazing. You are the all-powerful creator God, and yet you love us and want to come close. And I ask, Lord, for your blessing upon every person here and watching, that everyone may know your deep and close love today, that you have a plan for our life, that you want us to work with you, to run with you, to play with you, to walk with you in the purposes of almighty God.